I would simply like to be remembered as the person that thought it was possible to do great things from a small place. As the one person that thought to shine spotlights where it truly mattered. Now, the news tells, you know, there's so much information out there. The news focuses on other people, celebrities. There's so much money. But then where it truly matters are some of those places that you don't, the news doesn't go to or doesn't pay attention to. Yeah. So now making out of those people, out of those places, you know, is something the world, you know, needs to discover too. So that is my dream. That is how I would love to be remembered as that guy, you know, who shone spotlight where it truly mattered. And who put slums, children from unlikely places, from those ghettos, who put them in people's consciousness, not as tales of poverty, but who put their stories, that stories of the incredible potential that they wield and what they can truly become if they have the right kind of opportunities. It has been such a lovely experience. I've learned so much. I've been so humbled just listening to you speak, listening to what you've been through. It just addresses a lot of my... You you tend to take things for granted. Yeah. You tend to become very selfish and egocentric because you feel like your problems are like the worst in the world and everybody needs to come to your aid. The world is coming to an end because wow. Whereas there are people that are going through a lot worse and it's not to glory in that, but in the fact that they're able to appreciate life and appreciate what they have a lot more than you. Yeah, it's it's a very, very humbling moment and a serious learning experience, which I really do hope and pray will prompt a lot of people to to pay forward this kindness as well. Of course, I want to physically manifest this kindness as well, you know, through, and I'm not going to say acts of charity, right? Oh, actually, I have two more questions for you. Yeah. So I don't want to say acts of charity because um, you mentioned something in, in one of the, the videos that I watched where you were actually speaking, where you said that many a times, you know, people will say that, okay, there's so, so millions of people that are poor in Africa or hundreds or millions of, of people that are poor in Nigeria, but that makes them statistics. You know, it takes away from the humanity of the actual people that are going through this, you know, because once you think of it as, as a number, you know, you detach from it. So you don't, you don't get that full picture. Yes. Yes. So that will be the first thing. The second thing will be that in one of the interviews that you did also mentioned that you came back to Ikorudu after years of having escaped conditions that you were living in through this beautiful game of chess. And you realize that nothing had changed. And this is basically what prompted, you know, the beginning of Chess and Slums. But what I want to focus on is the fact that you came back. And not only that you came back, because some people do come back, but they don't do anything about the situation. You know, they complain about it, they shun it, and then they just attach. And then, you know, it becomes a dirty secret within their past. But you came back and you decided mm-hmm. to, to pay forward what you had learned and what you believed or what you would have wished to have had in that time. So number one, why is it so important to focus on that human aspect become more conscious in the way that we deal with the people that we would like to help remembering that they're not necessarily in a lower position they just happen to be in circumstances that are not favorable or that are less favorable than ours and remember the humanity in that wow as always beautiful beautiful questions and some questions that are actually getting me to think <laughs> really deeply <laughs> about what i want to say you know because it's so hard to understand something when it 
doesn't like affect us directly, mm-hmm. right? Why it was a bit different for me was because I experienced that too. And so it was easy for me to feel what the children feel every day, you know. So it helps me better like understand their plight, you know, their struggles, their intimate struggles. I'm going to cite an example. And I really hope, you know, whoever's listening, you know, that probably waiting on just something to inspire them, to push them, you know, to to do something like this or to pursue that one thing that sets their soul on fire. Just anything that could just help you, you know, just fly. Mm-hmm. Just fly and just figure out how you you activate the parachutes, but just fly first. <laughs> so while you're flying, you have to figure out how to activate your parachute because you don't want to fall. Yeah. Yeah. No. The world is filled with problems, like that terrible, terrible problems. It's really bad. And you might not understand. I, I love what you said, you know, from about summing some of these things up into like convenience statistic, you know, like Nigeria now. Nigeria is the poverty capital of the world. You know, there are more than 100 million people living in multi-dimensional poverty. Like they're not just poor, but they're so poor that they don't even have access to basic things and they survive on less than $2 daily. And I can tell you categorically that that is just the truth. And most people live in Nigeria don't even know this because, you know, a lot of people in their own privilege are shielded from some of these things. They've never had to worry about what to eat. The problem is always, oh, I don't know what to eat. It's not, there's nothing to eat. But there are actually people that do not know where the next meal will come from, you know, and uh, they have a different struggle. And I always tell these children, I mean, through for the past three years, we've had a lot of amazing success stories. We've had a lot of incredible success stories. Ferdinand's story is just one of it. Ferdinand's story, the boy with cerebral palsy that has now become a global sensation. Very recently, some of our girls won a national championship. Mm-hmm. Another boy will be getting to go to Canada to further his education. You know, we just have a lot of amazing stories like that that I can't even take any credit for, you know. But recently, I got to reflect deeply on why a lot of these things have happened. You know, we've been featured on CNN, on BBC, on Al Jazeera. And uh, I've never told a story of poverty or these helpers that are dying, the children are hungry. No, I've always told a story of potential. I've mm-hmm. never demeaned the people that I'm advocating for. It is always still important, you know, to humanize people, especially those ones that don't have, because they are just victims of circumstances, you know. So I've really thought about, you know, a lot of these things that we've achieved in very little time. You know, very recently, I was featured on the Olympics channel alongside, you know, people like Naomi Osaka and Simon Bowles. Yeah. And is not even at Olympics, but, but they made an exception for us, you know, World Mental Health Day. And people are really starting to understand or we're really setting new precedents for what charity should be. Charity shouldn't just be about sharing food and putting pictures of, you know, children that look sickly in poverty. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we even went as far as making suits for the children in slum. I mean, because when you think about the child from the slum, you think about the hungry child that probably has kwashiorkor. But we made suits, we wore classes suits on the day of that tournament. And those pictures are just so beautiful. Yeah. We really tell a new narrative um, of what they can become you know because in the end it's important to shine spotlights where it truly matters why am i saying all this because recently like you said i had time to reflect deeply on why a lot of these things are happening and i was breathed a lot of these incredible success stories in just years is it because we are doing something that nobody has ever done before no but it's because three years ago i made a decision which became the most important decision of my entire existence. I just made a simple decision, a very basic de- decision to use what I had, which was my own talent. I was great at chess. I won tournaments. I, I wasn't rich anyway. I was still broke, but I was good at it. I could teach it really well. Mm-hmm. So I took that talent and decided to give it as a gift 
to another person. So I'm sending that transition from your talents to something that can become a gift to another person is what teaches the true essence of humanity. It is not something that is so abstract that, oh, you have to do this great thing or you have to start finding a cure for cancer. No, it's none of those things. It's just using that that you have in your hands. You know, and thinking about how you can bless someone else, you know, which is a lot burdened than you are with it. It doesn't mean you should demean them. It just means leaving the best part of you with them. And trust me, the moment you begin to live without consciousness, then you truly begin to to make room for others. The moment you see that the best part of you could become a gift to another person, to the next person, then you begin to live a life that truly counts. Yeah. So that's why when people ask me, oh, I'm just, I just, I'm living because I'm actually (laughs) truly living, living because this is who I am. Every day I'm living a part of myself. Imagine that before I started this project, I didn't know I could write. I was the shy person that never wanted to be in front of anyone. <laughs> well, now doing this has put me in front of people. I have to always come out to mm-hmm. you know, represent, you know, to talk and write, you know, because it is not important for me. So I learned a lot of these things about myself on the job, yeah. So I began to discover. Every day for me is a new discovery of what I am right now, what I can truly become. So it is in those little moments, those silent years, you know, that I just thought about taking that talent and understanding that it could be a gift to the next person. That was what birthed this system that is now giving children all over Africa voice. Beyond chess, it is giving them a more positive way to express themselves. Because chess is not the end in itself. It has become a means to like several ends for a lot of other children. So for anyone that is listening, you know, and uh, you feel you want to be more inclined, even if you don't understand it because you've never suffered or you've never experienced it, then start thinking about, you know, what you can do in your own capacity, how you can leave that best part of who you are you know, in the other person that isn't as privileged as you are. And that is how we can truly change the world, yeah. But when we become so self-centered and selfish and we become so self-absorbed with our own problems, you know, we don't see and we don't listen. And those children that we're abandoning on the streets, those children that we're leaving behind, you know, we are dreaming about the future or technology is changing everything. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, there are still a hundred million people in Nigeria in multi-dimensional poverty. When I was driving, you know, one day, uh, there was traffic. So there are these children on the streets that come to beg by your car. You know, and the boy, little boy, 10 years old, he was begging and he was asking for money and I didn't have any money, honestly. And I just kept going. He kept running after my car, kept running and begging me and I just felt really sad because I didn't have any money at the time. You know, I just drove off and he just went on to the next car. And I thought to myself that, how long till he realizes that that thing that he didn't get while begging, like you get it through violence. Because he's going that child in the street is going to grow up to become an adult and he's going to lose that innocence. Mm-hmm. And he's going to take it violently. Yeah. Because we neglected him when he was still a child and he could be saved. So when we begin to really think a lot deeper beyond the surface, you know, people could be irritated that, oh, why is this boy begging me? They don't see beyond their nose, they don't see beyond that. They'll move on. But when we begin to see life, you know beyond some of those things that like you begin to think about the root cause about what you two can do to effect some kind of change you know that could disrupt that cycle then you begin to live with a new kind of consciousness and when you will not actively work towards it then it benefits humanity changes the world and it makes the world a better place and it expands margins for more people and it creates a future that includes every single one of us we want a future that doesn't leave anyone behind you know, because there's still children in those marginalized communities that would never get to know the possibilities that exist, you know, in this in this art universe, you know, because nobody's making room for them. 
Nobody is expanding margins for them. Nobody is teaching them to dare greatly. Yeah. So in those little things that we do, we realize that we are making room and we're expanding margins for those people that will never get to get an opportunity left to their own devices, left to their own circumstances, because they are going to choose the only other scripts that may have delivered them. So whatever it is, maybe whether it is drugs or crime, they will take those options, you know, just because that is the only thing that they have. That was the only thing life gave them, you know, until we begin to consciously decide that that future that includes all of us must include them too, you know, by giving the best part of ourselves, you know, to humanity. It is only then, you know, that we can truly create a future that includes all of us. So help have been able to, you know, just share something that, that makes sense and, you know, that uh, people listening to just take with them. And uh, yeah. Wow. There's nothing more to say. I mean, you know, thank you very much for listening to everybody. That is how you end the show. That is that is how you you reshape a generation. That is how you challenge the status quo that is how you do it literally and this guy is relatively you know like when we when we're looking comparatively at people that change the world you're still so young this is this is amazing like when you said that god blessed you with a sound mind you were not joking because you speak from a serious wealth of wisdom and understanding and just like calmness thank you you know you're not in a hurry for anything. Like it's it's as if you've seen life and and you've understood it. And and now, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, literally, you've you've seen it, you've understood it, and and now you're mastering it. Yes. Yeah. And I truly hope the world sees it too, because I mean, just like you, I've only ever been outside Nigeria once, and that was recently. I've never before three months ago that I traveled to Burkina Faso because we wanted to expand our project. Mm-hmm. to an orphanage um, in Kaya. That was the first time I ever got to travel outside Nigeria. So I've never really been outside Nigeria yet. So I want to travel because I want to experience people and places for myself. I want to share the stories, you know, so people can really, you know, begin to see, you know, what is possible. Because there's this, there's an obvious disconnect here between we all have different realities. But that is why I try, you know, to give my best self. You know, it doesn't matter whether it is I'm talking to one person Talking in a room full of a thousand people, these are the things I will still share, you know, because people need to start seeing what I see. They need to start feeling what I feel because they might never get to be as brave or as courageous as I was three years ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, that time it was just the right moment to do it, yeah. So just to help people that probably would never become courageous enough to do this, to also experience what I experienced, you know, and learn from it. Because it is only when, you know, we, you know, hear stories like this, that we feel things like this, that we can begin to see things from a different perspective. You know, life is about perspectives. Yeah. You know, I don't know if you know Chimamanda Adichie. You know, she would always talk about the single story. Yeah. You know, the single story of Nigeria is, oh, there are scammers, oh, there are fraud stars. Uh, you know, but then that is not the only story. Yeah. So stories are important. Yeah. I mean, the Church and Slums Project has put Nigeria in a different light, you know, because a lot of those people, people that follow me, I have a very strong following on Twitter. Mm-hmm. They now see Nigeria. They see Tunde Onokoya now. So that is the first perception of Nigeria now. <laughs> Before now saying, oh, there's yes, comments. They now see that, oh, there is another story out of Nigeria. Yeah. You know, who is Tunde Onokoya that is, you know, doing this, that is advocating for, you know, those children in these unlikely places. So I see it that 
No, the applications cars in the most stars in the most unlikely places. I mean, you don't look into the ground to find a star, yeah, because mm-hmm. it shouldn't be there. But we are putting those stars in the most unlikely places, you know, mm-hmm. so people can really see that, you know, this is possible. And it's not something that comes with an immediate reward because, I mean, they're still really young. It just still take a lot of years for them to grow into adults and, you know. But then we're placing those stars in the sky. And one day they will form a beautiful constellation, you know. And when that time comes, stories will be told about people, the ones who, who helped them or who helped lit up those stars, mm-hmm. you know, when it truly matters. Yeah. So I think in the end, that is the greatest fulfillment I will get from all of this. I don't want to be a wealthy person. If I become so wealthy, I'm sure I'm going to just give it all away eventually. <laughs> it is already clear to me what my life has become and what it would be. So I'm not confused about that again. And um, another question someone asked me that I would just like to just round up with. She, the person asks, like, how would I love to be remembered? You know, when I'm gone, what would be my legacy? How do I want people to remember me? And um, I was just struck for a moment because I never thought about this. I'm still 27 and mm-hmm. I feel like just, you know, there's so much more to learn. You know? And um, you know, when she asked, I was like, okay, I would simply like to be remembered as the person that thought it was possible to do great things from a small place. As the one person that thought to shine spotlights where it truly mattered. You know, the news tells, you know, there's so much information out there. The news focuses on other people, celebrities. There's so much money. But then where it truly matters are some of those places that they don't, the news doesn't go to or doesn't pay attention to. Yeah. So now making out of those people, out of those places, you know, is something the world, you know, needs to discover too. So that is my dream. That is how I would love to be remembered as that guy, you know, who's shown spotlight where it truly mattered. And we'll put slums, children from unlikely places, from those ghettos, we'll put them in people's consciousness, not as tales of poverty, but we'll put their stories, that stories of the incredible potential that they wield and what they can truly become if they have the right kind of opportunities. But yeah, that's it. That's all I have now. I'm I'm totally done. <laughs> I mean, you've you've just you've shut it down, you know. I thrive off of genuine connections. I thrive off of authenticity. I thrive off of the deep stuff. That's the reason why my questions are always like three sentences long, you know, <laughs> and I have to go through like a couple of hurdles before you get to the actual end. But that's the kind of person I am. And that's the the kind yes, of yes. I don't want to say content. I feel like it's such a belittling word, but that's that's the message that I constantly want to push and perpetuate. And if I am to even, you know, go as far as to say, I definitely want to be remembered for not just speaking up or allowing or helping people to speak up, but just for being that person that refused to keep quiet about the things that mattered and inspired other people to not keep quiet about what sets their soul on fire, basically, especially when it comes to to just helping other people. Giving a platform for people to be heard to, and that's, that's special trust me mm-hmm. i begin to see it that way because that is truly what it is yeah so, so thank yeah. you so thank much you so Tunde. It's, it's been an absolute pleasure you know thank you to every single person that has listened to this podcast to date that will continue to listen to this podcast that is going to tell a friend about this episode um that is going to be converted by this episode because it, it really has been impactful like i said before i'll say again i'm literally just here to facilitate the conversation if there was a way for me to ask these questions and not be heard i would probably use it because you know it's not even a, it's not about me it's literally about just spreading those messages telling those stories in an impactful way in a way that will change the world in a way 
way that will bring about change. It's about having the conversations that bring about change. And yeah, I'm just praying for the grace, you know, for for people like Tuna to continue doing what they're doing. And of course, to continue being able to tell these stories, to tell them even more. Because just like you said, just like Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie said so beautifully, the danger of a single story, it's really, really dangerous. And, and that's one thing that I really do want to put an end to. There's so many other dimensions that we haven't explored within Africa, within the African diaspora. So yeah, that's kind of my mission at this particular point. Yeah, keep finding the stories worth telling, Sakina. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> to everybody that has listened, please do go on to social media and interact with Tunde Onakoya on Twitter, on Instagram. Go follow Chess and Slums and do your bit to contribute to the projects that they're currently running um, with these phenomenal, phenomenal children. And of course, even if you cannot contribute in a physical or material way, you can always contribute by spreading the word, by reposting some of the posts um, from his Instagram page and just paying for it an act of kindness, being mindful and just being you know more aware and more conscious of the power that you have in just doing the little things that bless other people's lives by giving, just like Tunde said, the best part of yourself as a gift to somebody else. It's so profound, but something that we need to grasp and something that we need to aspire to do more and more and more. And bringing you guys more episodes like this is definitely something that I will aspire to do for years to come by God's grace. I really do hope that I'm going to die recording an episode because I really do want to continue, you know, bringing this kind of impactful stuff to the airwaves. And I really do hope that a lot more people are going to catch on to the podcasting bug and are going to consume a lot more of this. Do take care, stay blessed and keep the conversation going in your respective spaces. Sakina has spoken. <laughs>